Welcome back to another episode of The Occasionalists. Matt Pagel here with a brand new recommendation rewind mini-sode for this year's spooky season. You already heard Chema's third spin mini-sode last week on the music of John Carpenter, and I am here to take a deep dive, I mean not that deep of a dive, but a deep, a nice little dive into the movie side of things here. Uh, however, I'm going to be doing things a bit differently than normal on this particular episode. See, normally I would uh, make a recommendation based off of the week's topic, and I would try to throw out some movies and TV shows and things that are a bit under the radar. So, like, if, you know, if we were doing time travel movie, I would recommend something like Time Bandits um, versus, uh, you know, versus a more uh, mainstream blockbuster type of um, uh, modern blockbuster type of time travel movie, something along those lines. This week. I'm going to go back and talk about some movies that I think I would like to, I, I think that would benefit from being in John's, in John Carpenter's hands. So I'm going to go back in time um, in every decade that John Carpenter was active. So the 1970s through the 2010s. Yes, believe it or not, he has a movie that came out in 2010, as we've talked about a few times on the, uh, on the previous episodes. Uh, it's called The Ward. So he does get to uh, more, he does get to more contemporary, uh, you know, he does, he has made a contemporary horror film basically, but Again, I'm going to go through every decade, pick one movie from each decade that I think, like I said, I think would benefit from being in John Carpenter's hands, or I just would like to see his version of it. You know, there's some movies that are, there's a couple of movies on this list that are totally fine that I really enjoy, period, um, but I'm just curious to see what his spin on them would be. Um, for the most part, these are horror movies. Uh, there's a couple of action movies in here, um, but uh, you could even even one of these action movies has some horror elements, which I think was a pretty good uh, a pretty good choice for something that Carpenter could uh, you know could make better, basically. Uh, and I'd also like to note that I avoided any remakes or other adaptations of his movies. Um, you know, there's they've remade The Fog, they've, re- they've remade Assault on Precinct 13, they've remade The Thing, uh, and as tempting as it is to just say, hey, why don't we just let John Carpenter do those movies again? Um, <clears throat> you know, like what really one, I don't think he would want to, and two, what really would we be getting out of it if we went back and just had him do those again? So I definitely avoided, um, I definitely avoided later later versions of his previous movies. All right, so let's get into it. I'm going to start in the, I'm going to go in chronological order. So I'm just going to go ahead and start in the 1970s, and I'm going to start with <clears throat> a movie that came out the same year as uh, as Halloween, and I'm talking about the 1978. I guess camp horror classic, if you will, um, and a classic in quotation marks because it's been redone a ton. It's got a ton of sequels and it's been redone a, ton, a bunch of times. But I'm talking about Piranha. Uh, that's right, the the killer the killer fish loose in the uh, loose upriver before they're gonna get uh, before they're gonna be unleashed on a on a town downriver. Um, this is one of those ones. I don't know if you can really. I don't know if you can really make this movie that much better. Like I said, this says this movie has a ton of remakes. Um, a ton of sequels, a ton of remakes, and there's, in terms of like what you're bringing to the table with this movie, like the, there's nothing really new to be said about it. I just think it would be very interesting to see what his version of it would look like because we're talking um, post Dark Star, which is like a, a very, very low budget, low you know low low budget special effects type of movie that had a lot of practical effects that were done. Um, using like beach balls and like inflatable, like weird inflatables and stuff to make, to make their aliens and to make their bombs and things like that. It's dark star is a a very interesting look into, into like the early practical effects of John Carpenter. 
And this is also, you know, 1978. This would So this would be the same year as Halloween, which obviously isn't an effects-laden movie whatsoever. But it's a couple years prior to when we really start to get into um, one of one of those Carpenter signatures with the practical effects. So I'm just curious to see what, what Piranha would look like if he had a chance to go at it and and use his his version of, of what practical effects would be you know would it be gorier would we you know would we see more I, i'm assuming we see more body parts and stuff being strewn about um I, i'm very curious to see even see how he would portray the fish um he's killer fish uh, like i said it's a it's a terrible campy movie that uh that has been in the in the horrors it has been oddly revered in the horror zeitgeist for quite a long time now but uh yeah i, I would love to see john carpenter's version of piranha all right let's move on now to the 1980s um i'm gonna go with the 1989 um deep sea horror movie leviathan this is the thing but underwater um there's actually a lot of uh fairly solid practical effects of the crew being killed and maimed or very much like the thing being assimilated by an alien creature um and this is one of those ones it's it's with peter weller it's got a really good cast actually um but this is one of those movies that you know what i want i would like carpenter to do it because if you're gonna go ahead and just jock carpenter and just do the thing again you might as well have him do it um like i said it's it's not a bad it's a really odd kind of piece of it's a really odd kind of piece of sci-fi horror it's one of these ones that that kind of gets lost in the in the wash like i'm I'm sure for several people out there, me mentioning Leviathan is probably it's either like a you have like a vague memory of like the um, of the VHS box and poster with like the uh, the guy like in the or the drawing of a of a guy in like one of those like deep sea submersible suits, but he's like bitten in half. That's probably like the first thing that jumps to mind. And if it doesn't jump to mind, it's because this movie just sort of has been forgotten to time. But it's it's definitely a, a it's definitely sort of the uh, one of those last movies from the '80s and the '90s that uh, was heavy with practical effects to uh, to get its uh, you know to get into the body horror. I mean, once we get to the '90s, obviously we get into you know a little bit more in the later '90s, but we get into more of the the special the CGI and computer effects laden stuff, which is what we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, so Leviathan, an interesting. By the way, you can take all of these as recommendations. Like I recommend Piranha from 1978. I recommend Leviathan from 1989. Um, so in that regard, these are all definitely recommendations. Um, it, Leviathan is just, again, a, a sort of a, a lost movie um, in 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 sort of like the peak, the peak uh, practical effects horror era of, 19, of the 1980s. Moving on to the 1990s now, one of my all-time favorites. Um, it was a movie I haven't watched in a while, and I really need to get back to it. Um, but I'm talking about the 1998 movie, The Faculty. Um, this, this feels like a campier teen version of They Live, um, where, you know, the, the, the school's faculty is being replaced by aliens, um, or I guess taken over by alien parasites. And it's, again, campier teen version of They Live with some other, um, with some other Carpenter-esque things thrown in. As a matter of fact, the, the drug test scene where I think it's, I think it's Josh Hartnett, has um like a bunch of like uppers or something some kind of amphetamines or something and I, I could be wrong don't don't quote me on what specifically type of drugs they were but it was a <clears throat> but they find out that the uh, that the alien parasites that are taking over their they're taking over the titular fac- uh, faculty are um can be killed by it 
So in an homage to the blood test scene from The Thing, there's a drug test scene in the faculty where they're all sitting in uh, in a bathroom stall trying these uppers uh, to see what happens. And of course, it exposes one of the kids as being replaced by uh, by these aliens. Um, additionally, I think this is one that could really benefit from Carpenter's touch. There's There are some practical effects in this. Um, there's like a great practical effect with uh, when Jon Stewart gets his eyeball uh popped with a uh, with a pen loaded full of amphetamines but there's also a, just a shitload of not very good looking cgi i you know that was cgi limitations uh at the time you know in the late 90s um so i i would love to see i would love to see carpenter's um signature practical effects and his and the people that he has and his team um you know go go ahead and and go ahead and and sort of i guess uh not update it, not modernize it, but uh, take it back to its roots, and and get some really good, uh, really good practical like gross effects, um, going for this movie, and and also additionally, uh, there's only like four people die. They're not even people; they're aliens. Only like four people die in this movie. This is one of those movies that would uh, we got to see some of these kids that are rebelling against the faculty. We got to see them get s- just smeared everywhere, like and I and I we know that Carpenter is good for those kind of fun spectacular like gory deaths and i would that this is a movie that cries out for it all right so let's turn the uh let's turn let's go into the new century um go to the 2000s the early 2000s here and talk about the 2009 um this is this is one that is not a horror movie uh the 2009 action movie uh gamer um this movie has a very in a lot of ways a very escape to new york escape from new york feel to it um, you have Gerard Butler's character kind of caught in this, in this hellscape of of modern America, of of modern American prison, um, caught in this hellscape. You know, forced to, you know, has a chip implanted in his brain and is forced to fight, um, essentially for his freedom. Uh, you know, it, it's obviously not exactly like Escape from New York, but you can just feel the the look of the movie, the the kind of sentiment of you know this kind of one man wrecking crew um you know being controlled by someone else for for bigger reasons is um is very reminiscent of, of escape escape from new york um this is an extraordinarily violent movie um but you know for all the shootouts and people getting like blown up and shit so many cgi bullets and C- and cgi blood splatters it's too quick like the the action's quick but it's the cuts come too quickly you don't really get to enjoy the carnage and that's something that for sure if carpenter had done this movie that would be those things would be obviously you'd have practical bullet effects you'd have more practical explosions and things um you would be able to enjoy the sort of carnage that he was unleashing you'd be able to see like these fight there's a couple of hand-to-hand combat scenes that are just they move by too quickly um and you know with carpenter at the helm these things would you'd you'd get to visually enjoy what he's trying to show you which i think is like you know movies are a visual medium folks i want to see what you're showing me i want to see if you want to show me something horrific show me something horrific if you want to show me this really intricate violent fight scene show me this really intricate violent fight scene um so that's that's something i think carpenter would really take his time with plus this movie has a very a lot of dark carpenter-esque humor in it um every character is just like a little bit and this is one thing that i do enjoy about this movie every character knows what kind of movie that they're in um and so they they ham it up a little bit every character is just a little bit over the top maybe not Gerard butler's character but that has more to do with his his range versus uh the type of character he's playing 
but I especially think about when I think about like the kind of dark humor. Michael C. Hall in this movie is fantastic, and he has this fucking dance sequence at the end. It's it's kind of out of nowhere, but it fucking fits, and it just feels like something that it feels like something that would be right in place, and in in a you know feels like it would be in place. Or the kind of joke that would be in place uh, in something like, oh gosh, something like um, something like they live uh, feels like it would be kind of in place in Big Trouble in Little China. It just it's it's weird. It's weird in that it sticks out, but it doesn't stick out in a bad way. Um, so, Gamer two thousand nine, man, I'm telling you, it's it's an under it's a very underrated movie, but uh, but it's a very fun movie and one that I think that would be very very interesting in the hands of Carpenter. All right, last one here, going from the same year actually that uh, Carpenter released The Ward, and I'm going. This is um, this is the the action movie I was talking about that has some horror elements. Um, I'm talking about Predators from 2010, not the Predator, not Predator Two, not the 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 Predator, not Alien. I don't know. Predators. It's the one where Adrian Brody leads a band of of dangerous killers in a fight for survival on what looks like a or what is an alien hunting ground entire like an entire planet that is the predator hunting ground um there's just again this is one of those things that i would like to see much much more like the original predator i want to see more less cgi creature effects and more more animatronics more guys in suits which there are there's plenty of that like there's some big motherfucking dudes in in uh, predator costumes and suits and makeup and everything else but there's a lot of seed there's a ton of cgi at various points and it's just you know like i'm not against cgi it's just it, when it's when it's there just to be shown off it always sticks out like i'm thinking in particular of like these these like predator dogs that i would think would be really interesting to see if those were a practical effect what they would look like um Again, CGI. I, th- I think it's Christopher Nolan uh, has said something about CGI before that, like, if it's just there to show off, it's probably not going to look that good. But when it's there to sort of make to blend into the background, to make things look seamless, like the, um, like the, like Nolan's like famous hallway fight from um, from Inception with Joseph Gordon-Levitt spinning around and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's you know the actors are wearing wire rigs and there's all kinds of stuff that would normally be in view. And then the CGI is used to sort of, you know, to blend that all into the background and make it disappear. Like, that's what CGI really should be used for. Um, so, like, I, I think this is a movie that uh, that would really call for that. And I think, it plus, like, there's a bunch of deaths that I just think are a little bit lackluster. That, you know, within the hands of Carpenter, we'd, we'd see some people blowing up. We'd see heads getting ripped apart and just all kinds of gruesome stuff that I think would be a little bit more interesting um, uh, with Carpenter at the helm. And I think... Uh, more moreover probably the reason why i really chose this movie um predator is one of those properties that i think does benefit from like from new takes on it from new from new new blood and new visions on it right um so we've had like we've had like a bunch of action centric directors like you know do that like do their take on it like the original is from john mctiernan john mctiernan is like a classic um, 80s and 90s action director um we're talking you know talking obviously original predator um last action hero um of course die hard um so like john mctiernan is that kind of director where i think a director like john carpenter who is much you know he's done his action movies and things but is obviously much more rooted in horror 
a horror centric director could bring out some of those some of those elements that's already inherent in this franchise especially in something like this particular uh this particular version uh predators where the whole group is being stalked you know like you are you are being watched from all angles and you're being stalked by these hunters i think you could have made this movie a little bit scarier had uh had a horror director been at the helm all right i do have one bonus recommendation here for you um it's this is really straightforward I'm talking about 2015's Bone Tomahawk. Um, this is a Western filled with rough, gun-toting dudes trying to kill a cave full of cannibals. It is straightforward in its idea. Um, it's really violent. It's really bloody. It's gruesome. It's a Western. It's a horror. That is like John Carpenter at his core. Um, you know, we've talked about it in the, in the past episodes in the last few weeks. We talked about how John Carpenter is a huge fan of Westerns. And he uses some Western elements in a lot of his movies. Um, more, most notably, stuff like Escape from New York, uh, The Thing, uh, Assault on Precinct 13 is like basically his his remake of Rio Bravo. Um, so let's just go straight to and Oh, and, and Vampires was like sort of an attempt at a Western horror movie. It's loaded with problems that we've we've discussed uh, on 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 the first podcast, so I won't get into them here. So let's go ahead. Let's let's give John Carpenter an awesome concept for an awesome straightforward concept uh, for a western horror. Just go with it. And also, lastly, why not one more time hook up with Kurt Russell in a movie that make marking? I think this is, if had John Carpenter do this movie, I think that would be like their sixth or seventh collaboration. Um, so it's just, it's got all those elements that's crying for John Carpenter, uh, Western horror, bloody, you know, bloody battles with cannibals and Kurt Russell. What more could you ask for? And that's it for this uh, particular, uh, recommendation rewind minisode. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Chem and I will be recording another full length episode on, uh, on 1995, uh, in uh, 1995's in the mouth of madness, uh, starring Sam Neill, uh, Julie Carmen, who else is in this movie? Jurgen Prochnow and uh, Charlton Heston, of all people, uh, is in this movie. And we'll be doing a full review of that uh, for our, our last like official episode of Spooky Season. So you're definitely gonna want to you're definitely gonna want to tune in for that one uh, next week. So I love that before I even have a chance to upload the episode uh, to the website and then distribute, you know, get it ready to, to distribute for everyone that I've already caught one of my own mistakes. Uh, when I was talking about when I was talking about the movie Leviathan, I was talking about the poster or the, or the you know the VHS cover of the poster or whatever, um, and I totally got that fucking confused because they look similar. I totally got Leviathan's um, you know poster confused with a, a a movie that has basically the exact same concept came out the exact same year in 1989 uh, called Deep Star Six. Deep Star Six is the one with the um, with like the submersible suit kind of deal bitten in half and Leviathan's poster is of a woman swimming like up out from the depths with like some like light shining on her. They look very similar. Um, not like not that similar, but they look similar. And I, I, I think this is, this is one of those, another one of those reasons why uh, the movie Leviathan and deep star six kind of get lost in the wash, if you will is that like the the movie concepts are almost exactly the same and the posters are almost exactly the same. So immediate correction before I even have a chance to put this episode out. Sorry about that. I'm sure there are some people out there who have who know either of these movies. They're probably fucking screaming at me when I made that mistake. But mistake corrected. 
That is Deep Star Six Six's poster, not Leviathan's poster. 